Hello everyone, welcome to episode 21 of Deploy the Garrison. I'm your host Chris, joined tonight by Zach. How are you, Zach? You know, we talk a lot about sports on the side, and the beauty of sports right now is I'm at the highest and lowest I'll get for the year, uh, because the Bears still suck, but also it feels like there's only darkness. I'm trapped in darkness and nothing will ever be good again. Uh, which is really a weird juxtaposition to be in, but here I am. Oh, you know, getting close to those old friends is uh, always nice. <laughs> and how are you, Alan? Uh, you know, I've had better better days, better weeks, but I'm happy to be hanging out with you guys tonight. Good, good. I'm glad there is a shining light that is myself and Zach's presence to drag you through these dark times. We definitely didn't spend 20 minutes lamenting our lives to each other before we all started recording. So, you Only know, 20. it's it's not going to be one of those shows. We're not going to be self-indulgent. We're going to run straight into the officer's mess, which is all about me. Yay. Okay, so we'll be a little bit self-indulgent. Um, I finished running my Star Championship. It was great. After... Did, did, you get, did you get to the magic number? We got... Uh, through the weekend, so I ran it as a, a two-day event with three rounds of Swiss on the first day, and then final round of Swiss on day two with top four and final. And through the day, I had 17 active players. Through the two days, we had 16 on day one, and then we had um, 14 people playing on day two, one of which was someone who missed day one. So were you trying really hard to get 16 people because it was printed in black and white in the store championship kit that you needed at least 16 people for the uh, for it to count? Oh, I, I delayed planning any of my Legion events until after I'd spoken to AMG because there were some things that were unclear. So I followed the instructions on the kit. One of the things that I personally didn't think was unclear was the bit where it said you need 16 players because it says you need 16 players. That bit wasn't unclear. But there were, um, I've been told by someone who ran a, um, an event that was supported by a store, but wasn't a store championship, but used a store championship kit that each store was only allowed to run one. And I didn't believe that to be the case. And as I had multiple kits and I wanted to try and push to be able to give two way and different things, uh, I wanted to get answers before I scheduled any of my events. Yeah. So I kind of. I've been doing this a long time, Zach. I've been running all events from when it was the old FFG days. None of the verbiage seemed any different to what I was used to. So yeah, I, I was not caught off guard. I was pushing for 16 players in the same way I would um, for any of the other events. I did um, speak to one of my friends on the Tuesday night. We were at 17, and I was like, that's a little bit close for comfort, because I know how life goes. Um, so I spoke to one of my friends to say, you know, come down on a Tuesday, use my Shadow Collective. Cause he's played and he's got a Rebel Army and a Clone Army. They're just in oh. storage at the minute. He's like, come down, use my army. We'll get you through. Don't worry about pain. I'll sort your lunch out. And then if you want to drop and carry on with your life, that's fine. But, you know, but the thing is I want to make sure we have those numbers at the start. And bonus for me, if we're above and I don't need to play and can concentrate on running the event, all the better. Yeah. So, yeah, we we started at 16 because we had um, one no-show from what would have been the 17 and one person 
actually pre-cancelled because his son was sick. So he still came, left his uh, son with his wife, unfortunate. Um, but, you know, we, we made 16 at the start of the event. Um, Dana, uh, who was my friend who ran the Shadow Collective, dropped after round one, which then allowed me to drop uh, to run the event. And, um, yeah, he actually then went home and started painting his clones. So, you know, we we'll, we'll take, we'll take those. We, we got them. Yeah. yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah, we had a, a guy came in. He's just like, yeah, I want to learn how to play this first game in at ours. So I gave him my Tempest Force, and uh, he learned how to play on the first round. He played the whole, whole rest of the tournament. He's like, you know, I think I might want to try Rebels. I'm like, you know, you go for it, buddy. There you go. So I will just point out that out of the 17 players we had, I finished 14 after dropping round one. So, you know, I, I'll take that. I think that's, that's a good better, enough record. Yeah, that's better than we thought you would do. <laughs> well, it's better, better than I did in mine. I didn't even play. Yeah, um, I, was, I can't even talk. I, I don't even know when, because I'm such an idiot. I scheduled the puppy training days on Saturdays, and then Logan's home, and we're back into soccer season. So I don't know what yeah. I'm going to even do, or if I'm going to get to do a Legion Star Champ. Uh, you know, it'll be fine. You just... Run I'm, one, run one for two people, and say you sold sixteen tickets, and then fourteen people didn't turn up. Big sad. I, Life happens on the day, you know. Yeah, except there's that big old scary threat about what'll happen to the store. <laughs> we were joking about that on the X-wing side because I won my store championship at like ten or twelve manners, and the store was just—it was bad, dude. Like they wouldn't let us use the actual flat tables. Uh, they're like, oh, those are for the Pathfinder. They seemed actually upset that we were there. So me and the guy <laughs> who ran it were like half joking. We're like, well, if the store loses AMG support, it just means we don't have to think about trying to fight them to run AMG events again. So maybe it's a favor for all of us. But um, I'm a little bummed because I was really hoping to LCQ Legion and then main event worlds. And I'm probably going to have to make a decision again. So, yeah, I don't know. That's That went a little bit more passionate and negative than I intended. Or the officer's mess, so I'm going to jump into the actual topic of the officer's <laughs> mess, which was the event. So I do want to thank uh, the the battle of the uh, the podcast. We had Matt Bronson come over, even though he already had an invite. He could only play on Saturday. So I'd said, well, you know, you can go 3-0 and drop. It's a power move. So myself, as an undefeated player, going 1-0, and and then Matt went 3-0 and and dropped. So both podcast hosts on the day went, you know, undefeated. Are you going to do They're basically both the same? Yeah. They, they, I mean, I agree. I concur. Uh, but no, Matt came down, and ran a um, an interesting Yoda list that you know is definitely fun to shoot at. Everyone would enjoy shooting it. Never going to give you a bad time. Uh, so he ran. Um, I'm just going to tell everyone Matt's secret tech. It's fine, idiot. Why would you do this? Why would you send me a list to read out? Uh, so he ran Grandmaster Yoda with Force Push, Force Barrier, and Burst of Speed. A clone commander. And he had uh, Phase 1s with Clone Medic Recon Intel times 2. And then he had a Phase 1 squad with just Boyle. Then he had um, full-size arc trooper squads with the um, sniper rifles. And a strike team with Echo. So lots of long-range plinking. Uh, he had RPS-6s on the Phase 1s, apart from the Boyle Squad, and then uh, Command Cards, uh, 
Seismite is not ambush. There is no try. Earth support. Luminous beings are we and attack of the clones. And uh, yeah, just weathered the storm of fire while it's blinking and got the got objectives. Uh, no one wanted to play hostage into him, obviously. So his, uh, his decks intercept, key positions, sabotage, and hostage. Uh, he's got a three-point bid, so not it's not bidding hard. Um, advanced positions, long marks, major offensive, rollout. Clear conditions, fortified, supply drop, and war weary. Uh, yeah, I've, I've looked at Yoda a few times, and I always feel like it forces you into a bunch of phase ones because he's so expensive that you've got to steal points from somewhere else, you know? Yeah. But yeah, if uh, Matt managed to pull it off, he's a, a better player than I am, or a braver player than I am, too. I, I just... I fear the phase ones too much. I, I like that's why I'm playing five or first man, you know. It's, don't worry about it. I actually um if you guys remember the I went to that um tournament where I played Blizzard Force and I lost and I came back hating my life. Um but the person I played in the first round actually was the guy who uh won Gen Con with Yoda Barks playing basically the same list. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry, dude. I see you once every six months. I can't remember your name. I suck. Um, I actually am like 90% sure I know it, and I'm more afraid to be wrong. Um, <laughs> that's that's the real answer. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I mean, it, like Yoda Barks is really cool because it's really versatile. I was, I was talking about this. I literally said this earlier today. I was like, yeah, if my Legion stuff got like stolen and was like I got a face value replacement, like you know, here's a gift card for X hundred dollars to go buy. I would actually buy into Gar because um I love their all comer list. But are you gonna gloss over the winners list because the winners list was super cool? Well, I wanted to uh, give you a chance to um, insult Matt first, you know, because I mean, into, into podcast rivalries. Yeah. So um we had. Because of the way the drops went, we had an interesting round four, uh, which was um, Mark versus Mark, um, which was the final table again. So it was kind of a repeat of um, the last round of Swiss with uh, three and ones facing off. And then they went into the cut, were separated in the cut, and then came back together again in the final. So the Second place list was, um, I don't even need to look this up. It was lots of droids with repair bots, two AATs, and a tactical droid. I want to play and like that list, but I've heard from a lot of people that it's not terribly fun on both sides, but boy, does it make me feel like I'm playing an Imperial Guard list when I look at it on paper. Yeah, I mean, it does exactly what, you want it to do like you mark played it really well i I saw him um get forced on to um breakthrough yeah um it was playing against vader two dobacks callus and um some other stuff uh in on breakthrough and i was like this is gonna be hard for him if he runs any of it his droids through they're just gonna get more down by the stormtroopers that are sat like not moving, just guarding the object, like his deployment yeah. zone. Uh, but he just used the tanks perfectly to kind of adjust to cover approach angles. Like once he committed to which way he was going to get into deployment zone, the tanks just moved, moved, and like, no, 
I miss a shot here, but you can't get in anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely, it's interesting because in some ways it's like a pure form of Legion because it is just a lot of positioning and flanking and very strategic what you're going to kill. Yeah. But then a and lot like, of times you're dodge standbying with all your droids before you shoot with each of your tanks and that's your turn. I saw him, oh, the games I got to see, he wasn't scared of committing early with the tanks to move them up, get shots in, because then the tank gets shot, because it's the thing that's in range, and that then gives a droid value from walking up and using the repairs. Yeah. So like, he he played it well, I thought, until the final, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, the the winning list also by Mark G, you know, what you're going to do. It was a fun, uh, the jokes didn't end, you know. It's Mark v. Mark, okay, Mark G v. Mark G, okay, Mark G, then you. We had to get to a third letter of the surname before we differentiated. It's fine, don't worry about it. You had to be there, evidently. Um, but it was Luke Skywalker. Must hero be a Canadian Luke. thing. Yeah. Commander Luke with Imagine Force Bush. A bunch of people with the same name as you. <laughs> Not yeah. me. We're just going to keep interrupting you. Sorry. Okay, continue. Commander Luke. With force push, force reflexes, and preferred supplies, uh, which I thought was overly defensive, but I don't run Commander Luke, so what are you going to do? Cassian with just his uh, config um, rifle-y thing. Then three Rebel veterans with heavy, three Mark IIs, three FDs with barrage, and we're done. I don't know if that list that feels like that list would be better with just Chewbacca and being Echo Base. Because I look so, at his cards and he's not bringing a lot of Cassian's cards either. No, it's Center Skywalker. So the only Cassian card is Crackshot. Crackshot, yeah. Which I don't know, man. I, I, no, I don't disagree, but I do understand the theory. So I suppose yeah. I do disagree. I suppose I do disagree. I think yeah. the reason this works is that Cass. Cass uh, Cassian's versatility. Uh, in the final specifically, if Cassian had just dropped to Optif and infiltrated, I think Mark has a much easier game against Mark. Or Mark has a much rougher game against Mark, on which way yeah. you want to go. See, the jokes just don't end. It's, it... So I got I gotta see if I can find it, but um because like I do I've been theory crafting this um, you know, hey, what if you go to because I've been on Cassian Ahsoka. And I was like, well, what if you go to to Luke um, down from Ahsoka? And like, I I ended up um, at 11 Axe and um, I just go twos all the way down for the, the Rebel Vets, the Mark Twos and the FDs because then I get K2SO and two snipers. Um, so I had been toying with... I'd be curious to hear yeah. Mark's thoughts on... You know, why that? And then the other big one is um. So I I, I did speak to him about it, but I I yeah. think it was it's literally sold by Cassian's value proposition at ninety points. I think is really good value. It's a wound a turn. Mm -hmm. You know, like without thinking, it's one you're doing a damage a turn to something. You're getting to apply that. Then if you need to, you can use the infiltrate for. Yeah, the infiltrate versus. I'm, I'm not, really I'm not gonna say auto wins, but you know it does add a lot of pressure, even in deployments. Yeah. Until Cassian's down, you've got to be considering it. Um, really, the only thing I'm super surprised by is not having Cassian's three pip 
for the free recover. Um, Luke, Commander Luke doesn't have Master of the Force. I I get it. I get it. But like, I'm a Jedi is really good in this style of list where you're playing to grab your objectives late and you can just ruin people's days with like, oh no, I can't attack. I just had to move, move, force push, and then say you two aren't attacking. Oh no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then Return of a Jedi is probably the one that I would cut. I, th- I don't know. It's hard. But yeah, um, personally, I probably would run Chewbacca because I'm bad at the game. But that's because I would want the theme of Echo Base over the winning of Cassian. Well, the Echo Base cards are so good. That's the other thing. The Echo Base cards are really good. Like, that's I... why. And I mean, and he's got the stuff that leans into it, like hold at any cost is yep. insane. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I had been looking at, um, I think, no, but I'm not going to talk about that. It's a different topic. Derails is too much. Um, but we'll talk about my Echo Base list. Maybe we'll do a Battle Force show and we'll all pick a Battle Force or something and figure that out at a different time. But um, yeah, I'm not going to derail us too much. Um, my identity as a Blizzard Force player. Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, Mark, a lot of Marks, a lot of the Separatist Marks games went to kill points because the, that's what the tanks are designed to do. So, oh no, you killed a bunch of droids, so we uh, we finish on kill points and you didn't kill my tanks, I killed something of yours that has a name, I won, who knew? Whereas in Rebels, there was a lot of... Um, intercept and key and force pushing people off and like i say using luke pretty well from what i saw um he lost the fds a few times like a couple of them but it's one of those like do you do you try really hard to take out those fds and open up the table or in playing to try and take out the fds are you just playing into the list anyway you know what i mean I mean, one cool strategy you can do is basically not play the game and just live in fear of the FDs the whole time. It's a strong move, power move. I've seen it happen. Um, those five strategy. Black, those five black dice that you know surge to hits and don't generally have many rerolls. And you know, what are we gonna do? Occasionally, oh. occasionally they roll five crits and it hurts, but sometimes they just don't. Um, I think my, I was talking about this list with one of the other players uh, who was actually car sharing with with Mark, and um, so we, he was trapped like me until we get the final finished. And I was like, that three FDs and that many Mark twos, I feel it sacrifices a lot of agency in being able to play again. I I think I'm too much of a reactive player. I don't like you know playing Command and Conquer with just setting up my turrets and then walking away. Well, right. you know what they say about reaction? Dinosaurs reacted. Meteor adapted. Meteor won. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah I think but... a meteor was just a meteor, man. It's, it's hard to <laughs> adapt from being a giant freaking rock that's coming at a high velocity. But we did have um, an interesting game in the final. It was Intercept. And they played on my table with my spaceships and my mining terrain. And I'd set up a little um, open area in the middle, but with the buildings kind of around it on three sides. Uh, so there weren't 
too many lanes for the tanks and the turrets to play on. I set the table before I knew which wits were winning because I wanted to try and be as unbiased as possible. Yep. And um, they had the opportunity. One of the buildings is raised off the ground slightly, so you could declare that you can see under it and shoot under it. But we decided that in the first game, we hadn't even noticed that you could see underneath it, so they'd um, set it as line of sight blocking. So it maintained line of sight blocking. So it was very much a protected center objective, which was what the game was going to come down to. And I was convinced the Separatists had it. All the only person who was going to contest it was Wook, and he can only, you know, double. He can only stun a Skywalker and double um, and force push so many of your six trooper units out. But um, instead of doing the move he'd done in the previous game to make the final, blocking off the approaches to the center with the tanks like body blocking, he threw. He just moved um, B ones out into melee with the rebels who then just stepped back annihilated them and then moved around and it kind of just swung it too much i think he got greedy trying to contest the rebel players objective rather than just saying like well you're gonna get four points i'm gonna get like the two that i've had for the entire game and that's how i'm gonna win he tried to like make it so he only got two and he got to take all of them which I think, like, the start of turn five, I was convinced it was the game was in the bag for Separatists. And then, yeah, it was just a, a misplay because the, the Mark IIs just annihilated the every unit that he sent around the corner to try and, like, slow him down. And then uh, that the Mark left. Or the FDs? Um, so the, the FDs had actually been pretty beaten up. For one covering that lane, had already died. And the line of fire from the other two wasn't great because of a building that we declared you couldn't see through. Yeah. Just so it was some Mark twos. We've and... all gotten them mixed up from time to time. So I've got a list in front of me. I'm doing my best to Jump to not. Um, I try. But yeah, um, six games over two days. I cooked food on both days. I did um, bratwurst and smokies. I was the chef. Uh, I did all the rulings. I did. Uh, all the game up link stuff. I still need more um, more practice with game up link. Would be my first feedback because I definitely didn't set it up right to be able to do a top four cut. So I need to kind of rebuild the entire event and kind of go in and do it that way. Um, I I don't know if I'm, I'd blame you on that. I, as far as I know, there isn't a good way that a, a cut is set up. It's almost set up as like a different tournament from what I've seen previously. They do the Swiss, yeah. and then they build a new tournament with the people that were in the cut. Yeah, I kind of need to just play around so I'm more used to it. Like After round one, I couldn't figure out how to end the round to start the next one and stuff like that. So mm. uh, little delays. I think we finished day one on time. Uh, day two, we finished two hours late just because I um, was a little bit more loose on the time timer for the top four and final game. Which you know, random turn length, uh, random game length is a thing. You know, coincidentally, the random length ensured that they got to finish complete games. Which I suppose that the uh, the random length is a different conversation for a Legion podcast as well. I suppose at some point. Yeah. Um. But it's yeah, a... there was a couple couple of ruling things that I 
The one I want to talk about just to close out is some it's a general advice for TOs where I set myself up for failure and potentially to have given someone a bad event in that um, I taught. So round one of day one, I called the, I went round and did the 20 minute um, to time warning. Or sorry, I told people that um, two hours and 10 minutes had been played. And, and then called time. I gave people the um, 20 minute overrun time and then it's going to be diced down. And it was going, it was going into a lunch and one of the tables hadn't finished. And it was blatantly, if we stop now, player A wins. If we play another round, player B wins. So they called me over and like, do we play another round or not? And I was like, well, what do you guys want to do? And, and I realized as I said it that I, at no don't, point. Don't give the should, player the choice. Yeah, you no, just say. No. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what your call is. Make them be mad at you, not, yep, each, not other. At each other. Yeah. Yep. And I, it was just. 100%. I, want, I wasn't in, in the right judging mindset yet. Yeah, you were in big, like league I'd night. Done, well, I, not even that. I, I'd done the, the hosting part of being the trying to, you know, get, get everyone hyped for the event. So I was still in. Um, MC mode. I'd played the um the game against Dana teaching him how it all works again and going through that. Um so I, I had so many things, you know, bouncing around that I wasn't quite set in that mindset yet. And then I I just said to Mike, well, really sorry. Should never have put you guys in that position. The game's done. Whoever is winning now when uh, this is the end of the game. So score it up. And I felt bad for the entire day. Not that I'd you know, caused one of them to lose, but I'd given uncertainty. And then, but yeah, um, I gave out a double warning to um, Mark and Mark for the top four cut game. So for the round four game in pre-cut, because the flop that they banned to was um, key positions, um, long march, and fortified and then they forgot to deploy barricades <laughs> so i told them that they are effectively you're playing key positions and so you're playing clear conditions and you both get a warning because it was like top of turn two and i'm like you're done i'm my choice is we, i make we, I we make cannot you reset. back up this far yeah i make well i make you reset the game back through deployment because you can't just put barricades down now because that's what he said. Can we put barricades down now? I was like, no. Like, you can't put them down now. You can take all your models off the table and put them down, and then redeploy, and then not finish your game. So you're playing clear conditions, and you both get a warning. Um, then the other ruling that I made where it involved a warning uh, was uh, I got called to table because he'd played the beta card that applies three suppression to a unit when he activates. Mm -hmm. um, or, uh, yeah. sorry master of evil yeah and he forgot to apply it um and i i went into that with my x-wing head on of uh, i read through it and there was no optional clause for it it was you activate and you get the thing so i'm like okay well we roll it back and went through but it it was against a, a clone list with fi who'd fire supported with a unit that would have then had suppression i was like well we have to roll it all the way back to that previous to that activation 
it would been one it, one and a half activations have passed from Vader. I'm like, well, you can't just put his suppression out now because that means he doesn't have the agency to decide which inch face what with the one that does have suppression or one that doesn't because he might want to try and roll it off. Luckily, the, the he'd had a really good shot into the Royal Guards with his fire support, so it was like a, do I want to? Well, I'm probably not, not going to do that well. But then he fire supported with a different unit and just did better and wiped all the Royal Guards out in one go. So I didn't feel it was bad for that one. But I gave only the Vader player a warning for that one. Because I'm like, I don't feel it's fair to punish the not tournament playing Gar player for not knowing what Vader's cards do and knowing to remind you. So, yeah, those were my warnings for the day. But yeah, that, that was fair. it. I, as Owen said at the top of this segment of it, um, my job is for them to dislike me, not each other. So that's my only advice for people TOing. It doesn't matter what your call is. It's going to be right as long as you're making them mad at you, not each other. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. we definitely overran there. I blame definitely Zach for wanting to um, side rail us right at the start of this. Um, not, not me. I didn't babble and overindulge at all it's fine uh we also have two bits of editing from zach and myself that i need to find so great awesome oh. all it's okay yours wasn't as bad as mine you you, you dropped an s-bomb i dropped the f-bomb it's fine don't worry about it still um, for me yeah and <laughs> and then we'll uh, move on to main topic so alan what's the main topic for tonight well the main topic uh because um Mini Stravaganza is right around the corner, so we just wanted to have I mean, a kind can, of neutral one. We can break the fourth wall. It's right now. It's it's we, right we now. Didn't, we didn't look at the the spec op stuff. Sorry, everyone. And the the meet is tomorrow. But so yeah, we decided to give you guys an evergreen thing rather than. I mean, it would be fun to speculate now and just let you guys hear how wrong we are. Oh, um, uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't want to do that. Well, and we've. You played a game of this recently, and I've been putting a little thought into it. Yeah, um, I, I've talked about how. So we, you just yeah. so you know, you did just, cut him off before he said the mission. Can, oh, can right. I? Can I? Come on, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna go back and visit another um, objective um, tonight, and we discussed which one we want to do. We decided not key positions because. All of us play key positions way too much, and it's just, you know, there are some nuance to it, but we didn't feel like it. So we're going to do Sabotage the Moisture Evaporators instead. No, we planned it. Yes, we we are doing that. I did get a game of Vaps on Saturday, um, mostly on accident, but, you know, it happened. So um, we're going to get I've our... I've been uh, about Vaps a lot since the CRB update came out, and... I think I like it now. There's there's some interesting nuance that I think we can get into. But first, uh, read you all new stuff. What do you got for us here? Sabotage the moisture vaporators. Setup. Starting with the blue player, players alternate placing objective tokens on the battlefield until four tokens have been placed. Each token must be placed beyond range one of each deployment zone and beyond range two of any other objective token. Place two wound tokens on each objective token. Each objective token cannot have more than four wound tokens on it. All trooper units gain. Action. 
Sabotage slash repair. If you are in phase contact with an objective token, either remove one loom token from it or place one loom token on it. Victory. Oh, At the end really of the game, about that, the blue yeah. player gains one victory token for each loom token over two on each objective token. The red player gains two victory tokens for each objective token with fewer than two loom tokens on it. Minus one for each loom token on those objective tokens. Until you oh. hear it read, it's so weird when you just know the objective and how it works to have read the original text. Yeah, that victory clause is so so muddy. But I'm just gonna go over the the victory token. So the the adage for easy remembrance or mnemonic is just blue blue player breaks them, red player repairs them. So blue breaks, red repairs. If uh, as as it goes. So they start and, with two and, ha and having more wounds on them is bad. Uh, uh, it depends on which team you're on. So blue is trying to break them. Yeah, yeah. more wounds is better. Wounds. Yep. Red wants to repair them, get the wounds down. So yeah. you get a, a blue player gets a victory for each wound token over two. So three or four. Red gets one victory point for each wound under two. They just word it really weird. So if you have one wound token on it, you get one. If you have zero wound tokens, you get two points yeah. for that. So I have been avoiding putting this in my deck while I've been playing um, my Scarif list. I used to like playing it with my Garmandalorian list. I will leave that where it is for now, and we can talk about it more later as to why. But that's where I sit on this. I haven't played it for a long time because I've not been playing my Mandalorians, but I do like it in the deck. Yeah, it's with the CRB. It's it's changed um, mostly with the tiebreakers. It's flipped on its head where it used to be a very boring objective in the fact that blue wins ties. So you both get four four. You don't touch so them. The person blue just that wins. bought maps wins if nothing happens correct wow. but that is no longer the case now because the tiebreaker goes to who brought the lowest bid typically that's going to be red player however um you could have the bid choose to be red player and then you are still having to be on the offensive so even if it's not your deck vaps is in there and uh you have the bigger bid they are winning that tie. So you have to engage, which yep. makes it, I think, a more dynamic option nowadays. Yeah. So starting with the super basics, um, and Alan, maybe you can outline this better than I can because it's been like explained to me, but I, I struggle a little to put it on, into practice on the table. One mm -hmm. of the things that's like not immediately obvious is you probably still want to put your VAPs together. Um, that you're kind of defending both of them with the same units? So there's there's two schools of thought, um, but generally, yes, you want to keep them together. And that's probably... So I in my game, I made the mistake of splitting mine. Um, and in my head, it made sense at the time. Looking back, it, it was the wrong move. But typically, I would say, yes, you want to keep your two together. They have to be at least range two apart, range one from your deployment. But... You want to be able to do that. So that's one school of thought is that you're going to keep your two together and away from your opponents. The other option 
well, is let, trying. Let me go to how I played it with my Mandos then. Sure. I this... So I used to like to spread them out as far as I could because my Mandos are speed three would jump. I score them on the way through. So I move, I move into it, tap it, tap it, move off it the next turn. Correct. And then I'm then I'm full ball into you. Sure. Well, so I, that's because well, the reason why I like it, Owen, sorry, is that I you don't it doesn't score progressively, but you've banked the scoring already. And it's like if I'm now in your face fighting you, you need to have two rounds of or two units to do it. Mm-hmm. What by the time you get there. So it's a very dynamic game in that sense for my play style anyway with that list. Well, which is why I like them further apart. Yeah, in, in general, it's a much more dynamic, I think, now, just because if you brought it in your deck and you are the blue player, uh, generally you ha- you have to engage, whereas yep. before it was it was not that way. Like you'd have to you have to plan to engage with it. Um so like I said, there's two schools of thought that I've seen. Um, either you try and separate your VAPs from your opponent's VAPs, you get your your setup, and then your two armies will clash and you try to do, you know, sneaky stuff. Or you put them all as close as possible and make a giant furball. Um, in which case, you know, it's going to be very, very dynamic where it's like, okay, I need to, do I use my actions to try and hit my VAP or do I need to start shooting this guy that's coming towards me? Or you know, like if we were playing, you know, okay, I need to hit my VAP, but those Mandos are in my face. Like I need to kill them or they're going to kill me and then just start taking my VAP, you know? So yeah. it, it's very, yes, you score at the end of the game, much like key positions or breakthrough, but um, it, you said it exactly right. You're banking your points, trying to bank them early, but then it's going, it's going to go back and forth the and whole game. One of the things to think about too here is, you have to have a plan to win, not necessarily score your opponent's VAPs. You, you should, but um, one of the things this does really favor is some of the really long-range stuff that can shoot from their own deployment zone. Uh, yep. Or even kind of alpha strikes, because you can set up the, you know, score. If you can pick off an act early, um, you know, Chris, you mentioned Mandos. The, the rockets are great for that. Um Iden's tax strikes, Cassian, that kind of thing. Um, like Cassian, you know, they say you can't hide from Cassian, and like that is a really good model, the type of model with the infinite range, easily push through damage. Um, yeah, if you can just kill something, you're ahead, and now the opponent has to make a decision. Um, because the kill points tiebreaker is there first. Um, right. Yep. Hundred percent. So yeah. I I brought up that type the other tiebreaker where if you're tied on kill points it goes to whoever spent the most on their army mm-hmm. just because that's the biggest difference between when it was yep. initially created and that's just because we have the CRB that's a that's a change yeah. to the core tiebreakers um, which changes how this objective is played so it's important to bring that up but yes kill points are uh, the most important part. Um, besides tying on the objective. So, I mean, this is the, the, the bigger thing is that tiebreaker incentivizes you engaging rather than just mm-hmm. not engaging yeah, in them. Exactly. Oh, I win because you have to come towards yeah. me. I won. Um, that, yeah, exactly. And that, that created, I, I'm really happy with ha- how the changes affected this one because it used to be, 
very advantageous to blue player to have this. And now it's a much more balanced. But at the yeah. same time, a lot of people just don't bring yeah. it because, oh, well, if we're using my deck, I brought the bid. Now I well, have to attack you. Well, let's move yeah. into um, where you would use it then. As I say, I used it in my Mando um, Shadow Collective list where I was running uh, Bombing Run, uh, Breakthrough. I believe it was key positions and then this. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, the reason why I had that makeup was obviously I've got three units of Mandos. People don't want to play Breakthrough, Bombing Run. I don't really want to play key, but it's better than um, playing intercept. So oh, be better than uh, key in that list for you. Maybe I've, I've so Maybe. full dis full disclosure. At the time, I didn't have the push chairs built to move okay. my uh, my payloads around. So of course now you don't need them anymore. Yeah, so, so that's, a, that's a totally new payload. Yeah. Yep. Um, but. I do find that it plays really well into that kind of style for me in that the Mandos do a really good alpha strike. They're very rugged for the turn they have the shields up. So I was mm -hmm. running my Mandos with just the Mandalorian Super Commando, so I've got the cash surges. So I have a really effective alpha, so I can do that thing of pre-tapping all of mine, have a very offensive round into you, and but are we in turn four, like, four five six now we're in the end game I've, and you've still got to get through them you know so yeah. that's why I, I it was a it was one of those sweeper cards that people looked at the rest of it and were like okay fine we'll do that one then. well and another thing yep. we glossed over but we should circle back to for just a second um this is you know what we often shorthand is the thumbs objective um yeah yep. be trooper units punching those vaps uh, Dubags and Sons can't do it. Bikes can't do it. Um, and ATSCs can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sad. But yeah, you know, just definitely a thing to think about, like list building and at the veto phase is like the units that can interact with it changes. Yeah, and that's why it was good because at the time, obviously, people were rocking a lot of Blizzard Force, so um, turning off the ability for the um, bikes to be able to score was always useful um and i still think that's applicable today um bikes are still popular um, you're going to generally have like the um people love it when the fds can score on key positions if you let them deploy in such a way or is it can is it key or advanced what would whichever one where you get to scout them out yeah so advanced yeah. positions would let you yeah advanced positions to... on key positions with the FDs, like, no, you don't want that. You don't want that at all. But having the, as you say, a thumbs objective where it has to be that type of unit is great. Um, yep. Any other list types you think play really well? I, I say I've been scared of it with my um, my Scarif list because I just don't have the time to be waste wasting um, actions on it with that list because it needs really focused shooting or movement. You know. So I right. don't think that works as well. I, I would say in general, any kind of aggressive list. So melee skews or um, force users, um, mandos, specifically anything with mandos, just because they can flank and try and get to the back objectives um, or at least make them split the army and, and deal with you going towards the back um, VAP. Because 
going forward, I, I'm just going to assume that we just do a split deployment. I'm going to put two as close to my side. And you're going to put two as close to your side because that's typically what it's going to be. Um, yeah. Unless you're doing a melee skewer like I want at maximum carnage, we're going to put all four of these as close as we can and duke it out. Um which makes for a very interesting game. If you're going to a tournament, I probably wouldn't recommend recommend that strategy. But um, doing the kind of the more conventional setup, you're going to have your two VAPs and then their two back VAPs. And you want to have and anything that can flank or is just really aggressive that they have to deal with is probably going to be pretty strong. Uh, force users being able to um, force push, move people around, much like key positions comes in clutch where you're like, okay, I'm going to pull you off, pull you into melee, so now you can't tap that VAP or re recover the VAP after I've tapped it and stuff like that. So just having the control is uh, important there um, and having more thumbs, more thumbs than your opponent. So vehicles do not like to see this list um, or this this objective. And... Uh, I was playing Tempest Force, and I did not want to see this objective. So my mistake with Tempest Force was uh, being outbid by one against a Talus uh, Op Vader Boba list. And so, uh, yeah, yep. I, I banned two um, Sabotage because the other one was, what, I think was the it, other two. Was it, was it in position three? I believe it was. I, I it or so your, your choices are irrelevant then, aren't they? Well, it was inter intercept was another one, which I didn't because of the way the map was. I didn't want to do intercept. And then I think hostage was the other one. It's like, no, I'm not playing those against Vader. Thank you very much. I, I'm trying to think. So this is where I always like look at the side stuff. Like, is there a deployment that's better for red or blue on intercept or on not intercept uh, VAPs? For, for VAPs? Yeah. Sabotage the VAPs. I don't um, think I would want to play hemmed in as blue on VAPs. Yeah, that that might make it trickier. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would want to do hemmed it's in. It's hard to place the VAPs. VAPs. Right. It, 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 gets, it gets really weird, and the weirdness seems to favor red, in my opinion, on that. In that case, yes, I'd agree. Yeah. I've, I've played it as blue on hemmed in. The one nice thing is, like, surprisingly small... It's very board dependent then. Um, I think it's very had, board dependent in general. Yeah, I was blue like this whole... and I had a large line of sight blocker that I was able to put one of my VAPs completely behind and then the other one sticking just out of it so that my unit could tap it and then get behind the line of sight blocker. And then one other thing I had for you guys, I think you'll both have more experience in it than me, is... Um, how big is infiltrate on sabotage? Um, well, one thing to keep in mind is that you cannot uh, infiltrate touching the objectives because you oh. can't be during deployment. Yeah. You can't be touching it. Now, yeah. it's it is helpful. So things with Scout Three um, are helpful because you can get basically right next to it, then you immediately you know move touch. Um, well, because you have to because you have to deploy um, out you know beyond outside of range one um unless you have scout or some other way to move up your speed two units cannot move and tap on the first turn so infiltrate anything with scout is very helpful just so you can immediately move tap and then tap move 
uh, to Sorry, I just went back on. into uh, Shadow Collective phase of uh, what kind of peasant would would have speed two units. But um, don't worry about it. Uh, well, you know, not everybody <laughs> has Mandos. Um, most most troopers are speed two. Um, but yes, if you have Mandos, then it, it generally doesn't matter. Yeah. Put Backing up on infiltrate. Your opponent can zone out your infiltrators. Remember, you have to be outside range three. So you can't like, and if you try to aggressively infiltrate towards their VAPs, you aggressively infiltrate in the range of their whole list. Um, yeah. And then like, if you place your VAPs aggressively so that your infiltrator can benefit from it, your opponent is now like closer to the VAP than if you just placed it towards your safe zone. Um, so like it's, it's a thing, but it's not a great thing. I wouldn't necessarily say do it. Yeah. And then the the other thing that I definitely did, this may only be Mando applicable because of the speed three, but um suiciding the like the last model in my Mando units to to move three and then do the action in the middle of them to oh look at that, I I tapped your VAP again. What are you gonna do now? It's absolutely super strong another yeah. fun one is you you move up where you're touching one of their units that's also engaged with it if you move in so you're safe they have to punch you so you move in tap it and then like what you gonna do yeah. what you gonna do i mean they could tap it back but then you're still there and they can, yeah. no one else can shoot him so they even yeah. have to punch you which you're a mando yeah that that could be a dicey situation Literally, and I think but... just like being able to assess your attack pool compared to what you're Playing reducing coming back at you. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I said they at some point they have to tap it back. Yeah. Every, and, and it it might not be the next your... action, but yeah. Well, if you can tap your opponent's VAPs at all, it is often game ending. Something has happened. Um, my last VAPs game was one because my opponent, yeah. he spread out a little too much. And Ahsoka won one side of the fight, tapped his VAP, yep. and she did this in the middle of turn five. So yep. he couldn't get troops over fast enough, and I had a FTK in firing lane. Um, so like he either had to try and if he shot Ahsoka to death, he because she had taken some wounds, mm -hmm. he wouldn't be wouldn't have been able to get over. So if he just double moved, he's going through Ahsoka and the FTS. Um, but it was just the single tap. That was it. We, I got the, I did the tap action. We looked at the board and we were like, unless my dice turn off, the this is it. Yep. Uh, and then my final thought for this one is um, obviously it's always unreliable because dice are a thing. But the old um, breakthrough counting your activations and your move speed, it's an action to do it. So suppression yeah. matters here. If yep. you've got suppressive weapons, if you've got something, like the uh, demoralize those kind of tricks that can have a big impact in the uh, round five, round six in this where you can do exactly what Zach's talking about there. Your opponent thinks that they're good, but having mm -hmm. the, the dynamism to um, yes. affect, affect the, that kind of part of the game and like, Which, you now I mean, don't that, have the agency anymore. That makes your Mandos better too because like, you don't just have the speed boost, you have the courage boost to help protect your actions. Uh, yep. And uh, you can yeah. compel as well. Compel is great in this situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Compel. Uh, yep. uh, as it, 
I feel like this was one of the few things that I did well with the Mandos when I was building that. So I was still fairly early in my return to Legion, but that was an objective I read all of the words on and kind of pieced it all together and just worked with that kind of list. Um, is there any other lists that you like or would kind of run into it to kind of close us out? I know last uh, time we, we went through kind of building full decks and doing full lists, but I think actual keeping it... lists. Yep. Um, and then melee skews if it's thumb thummy melees, um, like dobacks yep. and cons don't like it as much. Um, and then really, I... um, fast Jedi or in Boba Fett to a lesser extent. Yeah, Boba Fett is it can be sneaky good, especially if they don't guard their back point effectively boba just goes around the corner takes this is out the be one squad that's there this will be a less controversial statement than i want it to be but is there actually a objective that boba fett isn't good at um, I, is boba not just the answer to all of them and i think that's obviously a different show but um <laughs> like mm. yeah boba um, fett now, into them. now now i'm thinking not particularly strong. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with that. Key or intercept. I mean, he still counts. He can still score it. Yeah, he's, he's okay. <laughs> yes. But... Yeah, it, yeah, oh man. Bubba Fett is only exactly average at these two as his worst point. I think you've proven my point for me. Uh, but it's, yeah, not... That's probably true. Um, yeah. yeah, it's... Yeah, I, they aren't his strongest ones, but yes, he's still a, tro a highly yeah. mobile trooper unit that can still engage in those ones. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that you want to necessarily use him in that way on those so, two. Do you think um, AI units struggle into this because of the lack of agency? If they, no, if, the, uh, if it breaks down, or do you think that trying to break down the AI chain is too hard anyway yeah the, like you could run into the theoretical situation where you're like your opponent has given you that uh like they've sort of made the mistake or the opening has happened um but most droid players like that's a thing that they're experienced and practiced and have thought about uh but i mean even then like because you know they'll they'll have an activation advantage over time yeah. um so like it just you know even if they they have a slightly you know mitigated act uh like if you're close enough right like b1s are ai attack anyway um yeah so it makes it makes it a little harder for them to get us the board and melee you i guess um yeah but the the ones that are coming across the board are the magna guard and their ai yeah. move yeah um, yeah which doesn't affect them as much. Also, uh, yeah, the the B ones are primarily going to be or should be used in a defensive capability, not usually offensively. Add or bolt. yeah, Do you know when you don't have to worry about AI attack when they're sat behind two AATs and can't see anything through the entire game anyway. Yep, never have to worry about AI attack then. Oh well, true. Um, yeah. But, so anyway. Yeah. Any if you're sitting behind two AATs in in VAPS, I I wouldn't feel comfortable playing that. <laughs> the one you don't have you don't have a lot of thumbs there. With AI though, is remember that they don't get suppressed, so they they will have yeah. their two actions. Yeah. 
Um, any closing thoughts on this before we move to close the show then? Play Vaps. It's, uh, it's an interesting game. Just don't yeah. play it as Tempest Force because it sucks. Zero out of yeah. ten would not it recommend. Is, it is interesting because Vaps is neat because it's an anti-skew objective too. It is, 100%. If you've skewed into Gunline too hard or, well, Gunline not so much, but if you're skewed into a vehicle list, man, Vaps is rough. It's yeah. real rough. Well, and, you know, this is the argument we had the other week, right? Like, the Jedi list has a plan to get the Vaps. The pure Gunline often doesn't. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, on that note, we'll kind of call it a day, though. We should be... Uh... Just under an hour, I think, after I cut out some swearing and uh, truncate some silence, which should be good here. But we may, no promises, we may try to get together next week to do a bonus show, depending on what we hear tomorrow for Mini Extravaganza. And yeah, we'll see how it all goes. But hopefully there's some cool stuff and everyone's all excited. But it's been uh, nice chatting with you both. Yeah. Missed you guys. I was right about who won. It was Danny. And I just was afraid to get his name wrong because i see him twice a year okay well i'm not going to edit it around so you say it so we just have to have it as a closing to the show <laughs>